Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, and we got a good one today. Um, but first, so earlier this week, you may have seen on my stories on Instagram that I started therapy. Um, don't worry. I'm fine. Um, no, honestly, I when I was at, I knew she was going to ask. It was the first like thing out of her mouth. Um, like, why do you want to start therapy? And I didn't want her to think I was super broken because I'm a three. And obviously I wanted her to be impressed with me. Um, and so I just basically said like, uh, you know, I have big plans in life and I take a really good care of my physical body. Well, I take mild care of my physical body, and so I feel like I should at least take mild care of my mental body, and um, everybody cool I know goes to therapy, so I wanted to do it too, and I like to talk about myself, and this seemed like a good thing. So anyways, so that's why I started therapy, um, and also I figured I'd get amazing funny stories for the podcast. That's not why I started, uh, but we know that it's just you and me, so I'm going to share as if we're best friends. So, uh, first of all, she is like, so you pay extra for this first episode or first episode, this first, um, meeting, this first appointment. And so I was told to get there early for some paperwork. So I did get there early, like 10 minutes early. And then I get taken back and I did some paperwork and then I get taken back. And then we start going through more paperwork. Now, my guess is she's an Enneagram one. Um, very detail oriented. Her office is very put together. She, she's not a wet blanket or anything like that, but very cool as a cucumber. I'm walking in with this giant cold brew, just like ready to crack jokes and break some ice. And, um, so she's going through her process and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, the whole time I'm thinking like, dude, I'm paying right now. I should be talking about myself, like looking at the clock. And so like 15 minutes in, she goes like, so do you have any questions for me before we start? And I said, yeah, are you an Enneagram one? And she looks at me and goes, an Enneagram one? I don't, I don't know what that is. And I go, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> and she got that that was a joke. Um, but I was only kind of joking how on earth are you a 
therapist or psychologist or whatever in this day and age that doesn't know what the Enneagram is. And I'm not going to lie. I was really annoyed. So like I pretended like, oh, oh it's just no big deal. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but then she's like, so, okay, tell me about yourself. Do you know how easy it would have been to be able to go, well, I'm a three. I definitely wing four sometimes, but I think in general, I'm a two. And like, and then when she asked about my husband, do you know how easy it would have been to just be like, well, he's an Enneagram nine. Um, so I was annoyed. I don't know. I liked her though. So she, and she did say by the end that she was going to look it up and she was intrigued. So Hmm, there's that. But I am pretty sure I came across like an insane person. I absolutely referenced it like seven to nine times uh, in that. But whatever, you move on in life. So I'll keep you updated. I'm not fixed yet. <laughs> one, one session, not fixed. Although I don't really know what I'm fixing. Oh, that's another funny part. So I'm filling out this paperwork and you have to like select your goals. And so I'm reading and no offense, but like, woo, there are some lofty goals out there that people choose. And so I'm going through and I'm kind of like, uh, kind of not really. Um, I don't know. Not so much that one. Well, then I get and so I'm like starting some select one, just kind of reaching because I'm getting to the end and going like, I haven't selected any goals. What am I going to do? Then I get to the back page and that page was written for Lauren Brunswick. It is like, I need help seeking validation from others. A chick. Um, I need help controlling big swings um, of motivation and ideas and my expectations of others. A chick. I need to deal with my control issues. Check. And so anyway, the whole back page, I, I found my thing, but there we are. Uh, okay. So our like listener shout out this week has a fun name and she is the newest patron on the She Slays the Day Patreon group. And it is Faith Schwarzendruber. Um, what I would love to know about people with a last name that is Schwarzendruber is, is it, po is it possible to say without the accent? I doubt it. I doubt it. I, th I think if I were Faith, I would pull like a Jada de Laurentiis and every time I said my last name, I would like go into a full accent. It's awesome. And she is a full on she slayer, which means she gets the bonus episode content with Dr. Lacey book today. Uh, she gets our monthly trainings and she gets the extra bonus episode that none of you guys get. I mean, some of you get it. Some of you are full on she slayers, so you get it. But whole extra episode that she gets. So thank you, Faith Schwarzenberger. Um, next, what else do we have to tell you on? Oh, okay. So I don't know when you're listening. You're listening in the future. I know that for sure. It's, you're not listening right now um, because I'm recording this in the past. I don't know if you know how that works. So if you are listening before like, well, okay. So what would be the day? November 5th? Um, hold on. A good podcast host would have figured this out already. No, if you're listening before November 2nd, okay? So there's a short little window. If you're listening, if you're one of those good she slayers and you listen right away in the beginning, um, you still have time. If you are a student or startup, you can sign up for the Pediatric Experience has a six-week PX startup challenge. Um, so they've released this new product. Uh, it is their physical startup playbook. So you can buy that even if you're not listening after today. 
okay? You can still buy that. But if you want to be in this challenge, there's all sorts of stuff that's included with this. So yes, you get the playbook, you get six weeks of live training, there's a private Facebook group, you get lifetime access to recordings, there's guest interviews, um, there's a lot of really cool stuff in there. And this is going to be awesome if you are a student or a startup. I cannot recommend enough that I wish I would have done this. I would have saved a whole lot of time. So we will have the link in the show notes for you to go sign up on that. Okay, so without further ado, let us get to our amazing guest today. Um, obviously, I have heard of Dr. Lacey Book before, okay? I don't live under a rock. Um, I didn't know how cool she was, though. Like, you know she's cool, like, in a cool way. When you, like, see her, you're like, oh, she's stunning. Also, just, I don't know if you can hear, I don't remember if this was in our recording together, but I show up um, looking like... I don't, I was going to say hobo, but I don't think you're allowed to say that anymore. I didn't look my best. Okay. Per usual, I showed up no video planning and I'm like, oh, snap, you're gorgeous. Uh, and she's also wildly talented, um, and full of knowledge. So we became besties. So Dr. Lacey Book graduated cum laude from Life Chiropractic College West. Upon graduation, she took over the specific chiropractic center in Dublin. She's also the COO of the chiropractic franchise, the specific chiropractic centers that operates 16 clinics from Kauai to Boston. Dr. Book also works with her husband, Dr. Sean Dill, helping service professionals reach more people through marketing, sales, and mindset strategies. They do this group. They do... Ooh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> they do this through their group, the Black Diamond Club, which is who I had heard of before. Again, live under a rock. No, I do not. I've heard of it. Dr. Book also is a coach to many service professionals that are just getting their businesses off the ground. She is an Amazon best-selling author for the book co-authored with Dr. Sean Dill titled None of Your Business, a winning approach to turn service providers into entrepreneurs. Um, I love it. You're going to love it. Like, she's so good. She's so good. But before, let me see if I can get through a prayer altogether with less fumbling and stumbling than I did her bio. My goodness. You connect into your heart. Close your eyes if it's safe. Relax the jaw. Be here with me just for a moment. You can go back to multitasking. Picture a white light coming from your heart and shining out to everyone around you today. You have a magnanimous, see, magnanimous, that's not a word, energy about you. And I want you to know that you are special and you are love. And whether you are a service provider or a chiropractor or something else, any kind of entrepreneur, I want you to know that I am so glad you're here. I hope that this conversation inspires you, lifts you up if you are having a bad day, um, energizes you to be a better person for your team, for your family. And I'm so thankful for people like Dr. Lacey um, that she is willing to share her time helping other chiropractors be the best version of themselves. We are so thankful for people who give us their time. And I'm so honored to be just kind of the, the, the curious host. Um, 
thank you for these opportunities. Thank you for these conversations. Thank you for you listening. I love you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Here's my conversation with the amazing Dr. Lacey Book. Enjoy. Okay. So my very first question is how do you welcome your guests to your podcast? Because I don't like my entrance. Oh, really? So typically it's always like, okay, are you ready to start recording? And they're like, the guests are like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, uh, welcome to the show. And it just feels so cheesy. So like it, like inorganic, right? We always just, we're pretty much like, listen, we're just excited to be here in another week with another amazing guest. Mm -hmm. Every single week, we bring phenomenal people, experts in their field that are passionate about what they do. And this week we have got, you know, uh, Dr. Lacey book on, and she is a slayer in chiropractic. Listen to find out why. Are you doing that in front of the guest? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't. Oh (laughs) man. Oh, there's no way. Yes, you can. No. Yes, you can. No, because I can't be cheesy host in front of other people. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. no. So do you do a like a do you record a separate intro or like it's just like, all right, oh, it's all there. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. You're so cute. All right. Well, that's not gonna work. So that was a terrible idea. No, I'm just kidding. So then you should just ask them the uh, uh, opening question. That's the same question all the time. Okay. Okay. I could it's do always that. good too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could do that, but I have ADHD. So yeah. I would get bored with the question like within three guests. Yeah, would, that's you true. Have a suggestion for what question it would be. Ah, that's a good, no, that's a good question. They're not always chiropractors. So I can't say like, yeah. where'd you graduate from and when? No. And maybe it's something about like, what does it mean to you, to you, like to slay? Oh no, I can't do that. No. What do you think that even word means? Like, cause then people may say, I don't know. I've never thought about that word or I don't know. I'll like, be like, I haven't really either. It just yeah. sounded good in a podcast. It's cute. I think it could go so many directions. Cause some people be like, oh, like that means that, you know, like I actually reached a level of success I want. Well, great. What does that mean to you? Right. So it could be a good at this. Good opener. Are you looking for like a co-host opportunity? Because I mean, hey, I'm open for anything. (laughs) I never say no to great opportunity. Okay. Well, you know, I know what my question will be. Do you know your Enneagram? Oh gosh. Okay. My friends do this to me all the time. I've switched. I've changed because I was like, well, a- nobody changes. You just were misdiagnosed, but let's, let's talk through I think this. I'm an eight. Okay. Okay. Do you and know what Sean is? And a five. Okay, uh, I well, don't eight know. and five makes sense. Eight and five okay. makes sense. So one of those is like your core. And then one of yeah. those you go to, I believe eights go to five when they're unhealthy. Um, like when you get stressed, do you get more like analytical digging and like holding yes. back resources if I don't have enough time and like I really need to tighten my boundaries? Oh, I am way too analytical. I can go down a rabbit mm. hole. Like that's like my Achilles heel that I've worked on my entire life is like making sure that I don't stay too much in my logical brain because I can go research till 3 a.m. in the morning, both sides of every story, every conspiracy theory, every potential mm-hmm. thing that could happen. And I've been that way since I was little. And that's where I get like, really bad and I go I gotta get out of this oh I used to be really bad OCD okay that's a little six-ish so you could be a five wing six fives are related to eight um so (laughs) so eights 
are very, um, you know, innate when they like, they have no problem letting you know their opinion. They're not going to be very concerned if their opinion upsets you. All the eights listening are like, I'm not like that, Lauren. Yeah, you are. Um, they tend to seek power. Okay. Now mm. I might be. So like, I don't know, that doesn't, you're not like shaking your head like that necessarily resonates. Yeah. Well, it depends on what your definition of power is. Right. And so Absolutely. I think that that's yeah. really an interesting concept because power can come in so many forms. And mm -hmm. so like, if we're talking about like power exercised over others, like, I don't believe that that's me. I'm a big relationship person. And, and I, I don't like, I don't need that. I don't desire that. I don't have a need for that. Um, but if we talk about like power over self, I get really like kind of obsessive about that. Like, okay. how do I control myself? How do I like, how do I elevate to the next level? So I don't know mm -hmm. what the definition of that power would be in the Enneagram eight. How do you feel about vulnerability or people crying? Um, personally, I can probably count on my hand, one hand, how many times I've cried in my life. Um, but I love when other people are vulnerable. My whole life, I've always said I've had a sign over my head that literally says, tell me anything. People stop me in the grocery store and just, just unload on me and I've never met them, you know, like, and I've been that way since I was little. Um, and so I, I feel like I've always been a safe place for vulnerability, mm -hmm. but maybe because I, I'm not judgmental of it, I mm -hmm. think. And, but for myself, I'm not vulnerable in public. I'm, I'm just not, a, I'm not a very, I don't, I'm not like saying it that way. Cause it sounds so harsh and raw, but I'm not a very emotional being mm -hmm. I'm very even keel. So that's why people have always been able to come to me because I'm not level maintained individual like you could tell me anything i'm gonna walk you through fire and not freak out okay okay we're getting there i mean i'm just oh, helping don't worry by the end of the we're just gonna scratch the whole name she slays the day and it's gonna turn lauren finds people's enneagram type yay i love this because this confuses me my friends are always like what enneagram are you and i'm like i don't know i just know i'm a capricorn <laughs> well <laughs> Yeah. And oh my gosh, in horoscopes. Um, so I think that it's really difficult for people who are in the limelight to get their Enneagram typed unless they actually are a three, a seven or an eight. So three sevens and eight tend to be like, I, they like the stage. They like what that does. It's either giving them a lack of novelty. It's either feeding their vanity or giving them power. So, but mm. there's lots of people who seek to help people through having an impact on a stage or on a platform like social media or a podcast that are not threes, sevens, and eights. And so when you start taking questions, when you really want to have a big impact but you don't necessarily care if it's in front of a bazillion people. That's where the Enneagram questioning gets going. And then you get these like wrong diagnoses where they're like, oh, we said you're a three because you have no problem telling you're an eight because you had no problem sharing your opinion in front of others. But that's just because you have a podcast and coach people. So like you, that's yeah. going to be loud to you. So, well, that's really interesting because 
I definitely like my, my team has to twist my arm to get in front of the camera. I could live behind the computer without ever having visibility or notoriety or being the face of something that doesn't, that doesn't fill me up. And I don't need, like, again, I don't have a need for that. So maybe that's also why I'm not totally an eight or seven or three, because that's never been part of my desire. I feel like I can make actually a lot of movement through creation that doesn't necessarily have to be seen. Right. And Mm -hmm. so that's really interesting. Okay. I have a weird follow-up question to when you said like people will come up to you in the grocery store, you know, like, so I have friends like this who they're just magnets for energy. Have you seen ghosts? Like, do you feel like you also are more open to paranormal like stuff? No, I have not. So, okay. I I will tell you a secret that I've never actually talked about this. Like it's just you and I, nobody, (laughs) you and I and a bunch of other listeners. We're cool. So, (laughs) um, so I have one of my closest friends, her name's Katya Dimitriva. She is a intuitive life coach and she's Russian. And so she has like no filter, which I love about her. Um, But I remember uh, meeting her, gosh, this is probably 12 years ago now for the first time and really experiencing, because I've always been kind of close-minded, but so like logical in the way that I think. I never really opened myself up to like this other universe, this other part of the world. And I met her and she started like showing me these things and telling me I had these gifts. And I was like, this is like crazy talk. I don't know if I believe this because like, I'm so logical and analytical mm-hmm. and um, never have seen ghosts, but I do have a really interesting gift that she helped me uncover that I think goes hand in hand with my ability to attract people like energetically, like you said. Um, I can literally, if I have to be in the right space, right from a frame of mind, but I can literally have anybody hand me a photo of somebody that I've never met and I could tell you what's going on in their life. In the it's photo? By looking at the photo. It is the weirdest thing, the strangest thing. And I've had like people test me, like some of their closest friends, check out this person. What do you think's happening? I can tell you if they're going through divorce, if they've had a miscarriage, if they're um, you know, having trouble with their children, if they're having issues with their parents, like self-issues. Like it's the weirdest. I don't know how I is a special, it is weird. And I, it was, I resisted it for so long and she's really worked with me to, to figure that out. But I think that that's what happens in, in real life. Like people feel seen. So then Mm -hmm. they tell me whatever they want to tell me. I think, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is it difficult going through like a photo album? Like, is it like messaging bombarding you or like you have to like really hone it? I have to really hone it, okay. really hone it. Cause I'm really good at like closing it off. Yeah. So do you, do you adjust? Um, I do. I actually just came off of a mission trip that okay. I, my husband and I hosted. We brought 14 doctor, doctors with us. We saw 5,000 people. Holy so, moly. Where was the mission trip? Uh, Mexico city. Okay. Um, oh, I want to go to Mexico city. I know it's, it's, it's my 18th mission trip. 
Um, so I've done a ton of them. I have led a bunch of them. I don't, I have a brick and mortar chiropractic office in Dublin, California. And then we have 14 offices nationwide. I don't actually work in the office anymore. So the way that I get to, to 14, no, yeah. <laughs> the way that I get to get filled is the, um, going on these uh, outreach programs. Got and get it. To adjust. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have like three follow-up questions to that. So, <laughs> so when you're adjusting, especially in the setting of a mission trip, right? Like I've, I've been on only one mission trip. I want to go on another one. Um, but I feel like a lot of times there's this language barrier. Mm-hmm. And so all that you have, like you really have to fall into the intuition of your hands. And then when you do that, all of a sudden you realize there's a lot more that my body or my hands are getting for information from this patient beyond just like tone, range of motion, subluxation. Do you have that experience then too? Yeah. And I think for me, um, so I, I do knee chest work solely. Um, and I, so I think for me, what I had to learn to tap into for a really long time is like understanding, like when people give you that opening, right? Like that's how I would describe it. Like there's like just a moment, there's a moment where people like just open up and release everything where you can go in and make that like adjustic thrust. Right. And it's, Mm. it's, it's not like, it's not just like feedback. It's like a literal, and I, you know, you've experienced Mm -hmm. where you just feel them like, Oh, mm-hmm. and you have the tiniest, teeniest little window that split second to make that like perfect adjustic thrust so that innate can do its job and really assimilate that so that they can go on that road to getting back to normal and healing. And so it's like really like it's listening without your ears, right? It's listening right. with your ears. And I do that really easily with cervicals, but yeah. I do not with, I think I do in side posture. I don't yeah. withdraw piece or activator. I'm just like, beep, 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 beep. Yeah. so I uh, might just level up my skills one more after this conversation. Yeah. Um, okay. So you just really casually mentioned that you have 14 clinics. Um, what, how, how did you, so you graduated in 2009. So you're going into your 13th year Yep. practice. Um, I'm only one year behind you and I only have three clinics. So I'm going to need you. Oh, don't say only. Oh my goodness. Three clinics. That's amazing. (laughs) Joking. Um, So how did you go from student? And then I know this is like a three hour question. So keep it shorter than that. Um, But like, how did you go from graduating to 14 clinics? Where did Sean come in here and things like that? Yeah, actually I started working in the Dublin clinic, um, for Sean uh, in 2010 when I, right after I graduated. And then actually that's shortly after we started dating when um, probably somewhere inside of 2010. Um, And then from there, it was really interesting because we were working in the clinic together. um, And he, he, he was from, he was in Costa Rica for eight years. And while he was in Costa Rica, he built a, a massive, massive empire out there. He was seeing, himself 250 patient visits a day on average for six days a week, eight years, like insanity. Um, but it was an all cash model, pure knee chest, upper cervical. So when he came to the States, he was like, I'm just going to plop that model into the United States, which was so different and outside of the box, obviously 
compared to what we're used to. So people started to catch on. So in 2010, we onboarded like our first licensing offices. And then from there, I think there was six of them, seven of them. And then from there we grew, we've grown to 14. Um, personally for us, we have adopted the model of putting associates in instead of just opening a bunch of offices. Cause we truly believe there's so much, so much magic and the ability for them to learn, you know, how to manage the like service hand and the service heart with the business hand before they go in and start their own practice, especially nowadays. Right. And so we have 14 offices nationwide. Um, and then we have tons of associates in our system. In fact, on our mission trip last week, we had four associates that are about to start within the next couple of months, join us there. So when you say nationwide, like 14 just spread across everywhere. How do you decide yeah. where you're going to open? Um, we actually allow the clinic doctors to to be able to decide where they want to go. And so we've got off two offices in Hawaii and then they go all the way over to um, Chattanooga. So that's about the the span of where we're at right now. And then we're opening one in Florida in a couple of months. Okay. So when you get these associates, like, do you necessarily, like, do you pitch it to them, like, come learn, and then you can go grow your own thing if you want? Or yeah. are you like, we want you to come learn, and then we're going to open a clinic with you? Yeah, we do uh, like three-year contracts with our associates because we truly believe that that's like the perfect time, not only for them to learn the ins and outs of clinical management, communication, uh, business management, but also to get enough funding under their belt so they can choose to do whatever they want. And I think that that's really important. They can either stay, stay as an associate, they can work with the clinic director that they were working for to open another office, which a lot of them like to do, or they can open one on their own. Um, so they have like three routes that they can go depending on what their heart's desire is. And like, so the clinic director, different than clinic doctor? Clinic, we just call them clinic directors because okay, they're really the like, one that owns the clinic. Yeah. Okay. And so that is like a licensed chiropractor. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so they're doing all the admin works. Most of them are working in the office. They're like running the ship and making all the decisions. Yeah. What does that. So like once you have them trained, then I can see like I'm plopping at you and associate, like make them good. You have the years. How do you get your clinic doc though? Like how do you get them to the level? Because if you're opening a clinic, so I have, okay, I have control issues. I'm a recovering control addict. Um, so I'm just picturing, I live two hours Northeast of Minneapolis. And if I'm like now Kirby's listening and he, my husband who yeah. gas, um, I also have, like I said, a little ADHD. So I'm sure he's listening to this going, Oh, fuck you, Lacey. Don't you plant a seed in her head? Cause I'm like, okay. So like, hypothetically, if I decided I wanted to open a clinic in Nashville, right. Um, the idea, like, would you go to that site for a little bit or are you just like, nope, good job. Go well, so, so we've already talked about how analytical and logical I am right. and, uh, had a little bit of, you know, OCD in my, in my life. And so what, one of my superpowers is systems and inf infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Like I am the systems queen. Everybody comes to me to get, create more efficiencies in their business, create solid systems, so personally, like for me, I rely on the quality of my systems 
to do the management and control. If they're solid enough, I feel good enough that I don't have to be micromanaging that specific office. Um, obviously, there's checks and balances where we're checking in. Um, and then the other side of that is like we're big on um, who we hire and how we train. And so we're constantly training our specific docs. I mean, we do live trainings with them twice a year. We do calls with them every single week, group calls, one-on-one -on -one coaching calls, check-in meetings. And so there it's it's a um, making sure that you have a uh, your finger on the pulse of the business. Mm -hmm. while relying on the systems and infrastructure to make sure that things are done right. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. Um, so are you, so uh, the right person, right? I've heard a lot of people talk about like, make sure you hire the right person. And, you know, if you're hiring a clerical or front desk or CA or whatever, um, admin office manager, even like marketing online, you know, I could, you have a pool of people, even during this time of life where there air quotes, nobody wants to work. We, right. Um, but with associates, associates are really hard to come by. So what do you think that you do and provide that allows you, because I've had the experience in my life where I have just needed a person with hands like, yeah. and have made the incorrect hire for them, like, and us, it wasn't bad to that person. Um, it was just, I made the wrong decision and the wrong hire. Um, how do you protect yourself from that? Oh, there's two questions here. So how do you protect yourself from that? And then how do you attract enough people that you can be picky? Because so yeah. many cannot be picky. Right. So I have lots of answers for this. So, <laughs> um, so number one, I think like, man, especially in chiropractic, we spend so much time like um, obsessing over this idea of like ideal client, right? Like who's our ideal client? Who do we want to work with? Who do I want to attract into my office? And I find it really interesting that we don't obsess over our ideal employee or our ideal associate. Mm -hmm. And so I always am encouraging my um, coaching clients when I'm on calls with them, I'm like, listen, like the same way that you wrote out the ideal client that you want into your off come into your office, you need to write out your ideal associate. Because especially if you are a manifester or attractor or magnetic individual, and you know you can bring people into your office that you find joy in working with, well, you should be able to do the same thing with your employees and your associate. So sit down. My my whole thing is we hire, we hire people not job title. So I'm not hiring an associate. I'm hiring a person to become an associate, right? So I'm going to write out who they are, what kind of personality types they have, what, what's their philosophy on money? What's their philosophy on business? What's their chiropractic philosophy? Um, are they married? Where do they want to live? Like the whole thing, because then you can begin to effectively, this is how you protect your, protect yourself effectively and clearly find that individual or say that's not that individual. I think that the number two answer is most people hire with a knee-jerk reaction. They hire after the need is there. I am always telling everybody, I adopt the policy of always 
always be hiring, always be hiring. You should always be looking for front desk. You should always be looking for back office. You should always be looking for associates, right? That's actually how you protect yourself because you're not doing it. Like you said, I needed a, a body with hands to be able to help me out. That's how we get in ourselves in trouble because it's so reactive instead of proactive. So you should find your ideal associate, write them out, and then go literally like start recruiting, check out the schools, get into the preceptorship programs, allow yourself space and time to start meeting people and allow it to be a slow burn because then you can really see how people show up and then you don't end up hiring outside of what you actually need. And then lastly, people do not jive with this, but this is the best thing you could ever do. We in chiropractic are so strange because we allow chiropractic students to come out of school and we literally throw them into the deep end to just being like, take care of people in my office. That is insane. Like I, my hairstylist here in Indiana, um, he owns one of the largest salons in the States. And I remember for the like years ago going in and watching his training system, hairstylists coming out of school had to work at his front desk for months before they could even shadow him to start looking at color and do it, washing hair and doing the head massage and doing blowouts. These are hairstylists. We're talking about chiropractic and saving people's lives. So the last thing you need to do is you need to, you need to train people properly. You need to allow them to follow your front desk for a certain amount of time before and make sure they're proficient in it before you just smash them into trying to see people and jump into your systems. I think that that's where we get inefficient and we, we don't allow for a, a like clean launch pad for success for associates because we think, Oh, I'm a doctor. I should just be able to start putting my hands on people right away. Mm -hmm. But the reason they're not as successful as you is because they didn't go through the training process like you. You right. learned how to do your front desk. I, I you learned how to talk to people. Exactly. So it's so weird. So that would be the last thing you would do to protect yourself, to ensure that you have a good candidate. I am so mad that you did a really good job of answering all my questions because now I like wrote down like follow up on that. Okay. So we're going to start in reverse. Okay. So here's the problem that I would foresee my, I love that idea, by the way. I, it is so, it makes so much sense. My sister actually graduated from Aveda school a year and a half ago. And I've been watching her right. go through that program of like, she's like, well, I think I'm about to be like graduated into not assistant. And yes. I'm like, what have you been for the last? And she's like front desk, sweeping up other people's shit and, yes. like, and then occasionally getting a client. So the, from the business standpoint, are you paying. So let's say I was going to have like, all right, you're going to come, you're going to work the front desk for a month right away. I am worried that they are like not taking this job because we have this, this history of like hiring students and like the, we eat our own type of thing. So I would be worried that they would be like, excuse me, I'm a doctor of chiropractic. I just graduated why am I not, why I'm not good enough at your clinic to adjust. So I would be worried that they would, and I'd be like, no, 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 no. It's the big picture. I talked to Lacey book this one time. She had a great idea. <laughs> so I'd be worried about that. And then also like, do I have to pay them what I would be paying them 
if they were adjusting and making my life easier or could I be like, okay, for that month, you're going to come in at this salary. Then the next step is you're going to start yep. scanning and interpreting. Then so we're stepping the salary yeah. with, which makes it even scarier that there's no way someone would take a, okay, I will take this job at 40,000 or 45,000 or whatever the cost of living is in your area. And I'm going to be working front desk and you know, like, yeah. So, so number one, for me, I would just say if they are not willing to learn the front desk for a month, they are not the right person. So true. And, and in all honesty, I mean, and I see it happen all the time. Look, we have like right now, we probably have a hundred VIP coaching clients that we work with one-on-one there. I have, there's not a lot I haven't seen in offices and all the time I hear like my associate doctor on my front desk, like they can't communicate. They don't get along. They don't necessarily like jive. And I'm like, that's because the associate really truly has no idea what it's like to be at the front desk. Mm -hmm. How can they effectively communicate and have empathy, sympathy and understanding if they've never even been in that position. Right. And so like, I see that a lot. So And the reality of it is, is uh, somebody that truly wants to learn and is a superstar and has a desire to be successful on the other side, if you can effectively communicate how this is an appropriate stepping stone for them to have massive success on the backside, they would be willing to do it, right? And And that's the absolute truth. You by far will be a more effective communicator to your patients. You will be a more effective clinical manager. You will be a more effective communicator to other people on the team if you understand how the entire office works. And lastly, I have seen a lot of associate docs get in trouble because they're in the office covering or alone and the front desk doesn't show up. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's a sound business decision. This is just business, right? Like Yes, you're a a doctor of chiropractic and you graduated and you saw maybe a hundred people in clinic, but in order for you to make massive amounts of money on the backside, we have to go through the appropriate steps that allowed to make me, that allowed me to make massive amounts of money on the backside and help a ton of people and effectively communicate and have high retention. And part of that is learning the front desk and understanding what's happening up there. And so if you don't want to do that for 30 days, like 30 days at a, a front desk, like pay, pay rate, right. man, like, I just, I, I just don't think you're right fit for me and I'm going to find somebody else. And I have the luxury of doing that because I'm not hiring out of need. I'm proactively looking. Yeah. Yep. And I feel like, so I, it's ironic. I just did a poll on Instagram asking like, who's hiring, who's looking. And I had like 55 people hiring 51 people looking. And I sent some messages to the people who were looking for a job. And I said like, okay, what would you want out of a job position? Like, um, what's it called? Like a listing. Yeah. What kind of information would you want to know whether or not you're interested in pursuing that? And one of the things that I keep seeing coming up from students who have graduated, like who are in school to have graduated in the last like three or four years is they throw out this, like, I want to know what the mentorship looks like. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, (laughs) what oh like you want me to make i teach you how to do a day two rof i can do that yeah i think that's what they're talking about what do you think they're talking about 
Yeah. So this is really interesting. So another thing I always encourage people to do is to create like a benefits package because students really want to be like recruited right now. Um, Uh So you have to have what that looks like. Part of that package is what is mentorship. So mentorship is the ability to not just um, guide them through the clinical components of taking care of people because they, they feel like they already got that, right? Like what they're looking for is like, how do I even think about business? How do I grow a practice? How do I effectively communicate? How do I keep people? Like, how do I, how do I like make sure that I have high retention? How do I create referral partnerships outside of the office? Like Lauren, all the stuff that you have done to create three practices, that's the mentorship I want, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're looking for. And in all reality, people You have to remember that if somebody does say, I want to be an associate, they are telling you that they have a desire for handholding. Take me every step of the way. They're not you. They don't want to like go there and just like build and try to figure everything out themselves, Mm -hmm. or they would already be doing that in their own clinic. And I think that that's like the hardest thing for us to swallow is like, man, I really need to be providing way more than I anticipated. That's why you're here, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, she slayers. When I first started practice, I thought I needed to dress a certain way for patients to trust me. And I spent hours trying to design communication and marketing materials that worked. After 12 years of practice, here's a couple things I've learned. One, I don't have to wear dress pants and button-ups for a patient to take me seriously. And two, why recreate the wheel when a design professional has already done all the work for me? Well-Aligned offers solutions in both of these categories. They have the coolest and most comfy chiropractic shirts that will showcase your personality, as well as beautifully designed communication and marketing tools to help drive new patients, get more referrals, and gain better retention in your practice. From the best chiropractic apparel to modern patient education materials, Well Aligned has you covered. All She Slayers get 10% off plus free shipping on orders of $75 or more with promo code SHESLAYS. Visit www.wellaligned.com to save. Hey, She Slayers, so many of you connect with my story as a chiropractor because I started all wrong. Years into practice, I had to completely turn it around from being an insurance and pain-based model to a thriving subluxation-based cash practice. I have a lot of ways that that happened, but I am not exaggerating when I say the number one thing I changed was adding CLA's Insight scanning technology. The Insight helped grow our practice from 300 people a week to over 500 a week in the course of one year, purely by showing objective findings and providing reports to patients. So many docs I talk to struggle to communicate the why behind a care plan when the patient's pain goes away in a few visits. They struggle to keep patients after insurance stops paying. They don't know how to explain why a kid benefits from chiropractic care, even though they have no symptoms. They don't do progress exams because what am I going to do to show the patient progress? I am telling you every single thing I just said, my answer to the doc is, are you using insight scanning technology in your clinic yet? Because it's the solution to all of those issues. If you have questions, the staff at CLA is 
absolutely incredible and will help answer those questions and help implement this big change into your practice. Click the link below in the show notes as She Slays listeners get preferred pricing and hundreds of dollars off their purchase. Hi friends, I wanted to take a quick break from the episode to make sure you all know about the cool stuff we have happening over on Patreon. This is a platform where I can offer you extra content, behind the scenes interviews, quick trainings, and exclusive trainings answering your exact question live, back to back with me. It's a way for me to more directly interact with you and post some fun things that would never be in the normal weekly episodes. To check out what we're doing and to sign up, click the link in the show notes. So what is the hand holding? So first of all, I, as you're talking, I realized, so one of the biggest things that I deal with, with straight out of school is a lot, um, they go through this first six months of their job and it could be any job. They could have started a practice or this, and right. there is this like overwhelm that hits where you're just like, oh, this is real life now. Oh, like, cause you're dreaming about what it's going to be like. You know, so much harder, like, so much harder, but also so much more fulfilling, but also so much more boring. Like, yeah. you know, it's like when you're planning a trip to Disney World for months and you're like, it's going to be amazing. And then like you're walking in and your family's in a fight and your first ride you're going on, there's a two hour wait. And you're like, this is not, this is not what I paid for D going to a family trip to Disneyland and graduating with a degree in chiropractic is a similar experience. But yes. I like so much of what I think the overwhelm is there's, I mean, there's so many aspects is just realizing how many people you are talking to. And I think if getting them that first month of, okay, you're going to just be talking to people. You don't need to worry about their care plans or whether your adjustments are good enough. Right. You're just going to handle the overwhelm that is, Communication. Communication. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, so then kind of following up with what you were on, that was my random thought that I was like, ooh, that would help that solution. Yeah. Um, but also when you're looking at like, what does handholding look like? Are you doing it? Is the clinic director doing it? Yeah. So like if you bring an associate in your office, so here's phase two, we do front desk, um, you know, learning how to do that. Once they're proficient in there, then they move on to phase two. And this is also, so this is something that chiropractors do pretty well. Um, but I don't think that they do it long enough is having that individual shadow you. Like, again, we want to just like throw them into the fire, throw them into the deep end and be like, just go take care of people do a day one day two, because you've learned my script. But that doesn't account for all the idiosyncrasies and objections and things that happen in real life, right? And so mm -hmm. then they get out there and they're like robots and they're like regurgitating this script and they're like, I can't close anybody. Nobody wants to start care because they haven't shadowed you long enough, right? So next step is like having them shadow you with, and this is where we talk about communication. My number one tip is that when people are shadowing you, they're not just watching like, how you adjust and what you do, but they're literally with a notepad writing down the communication gold that you say when you're talking to a patient. And at the end of every day, you guys are going back over, what did you hear? How did I say that? Why do you think I said that? Because communication is probably absolutely the most difficult part mm -hmm. in the learning curve process for any associate starting. 
Then here's what nobody does. Next phase is you shadow them. This is so Ooh. hard for How Dom. long are we talking for the shadow period? A week? Um, just until like, I want to watch my, like, not like me, but my clinic yeah. doctors, they'll watch their associates just in day one, day two, some, some regular care until they feel like, man, I don't, I feel completely comfortable leaving you all by yourself. Like I could go um, on vacation and you would be fine. You have to watch them long enough because you know, you've had probably patients come back to you and say, well, the, well, so-and-so Dr. So-and-so said, and you're like, what in the world? Where did they come up with that? Mm -hmm. Right. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And so that's the one thing that we don't do is you need to be able to shadow them to help them fix those things that they're saying that aren't hitting, to help them fix those miscommunication gaps that are happening, causing people to leave care too soon or not be empowered to move into wellness or whatever it may be. So the shadowing needs to take place for at least probably a couple of weeks to a month. But not like, what? no, not every day, not every day. Okay. They're not like, they're not like seeing a hundred and 200 patients a week. So maybe it's just like a couple of visits a week, a couple of new patient exams a week, right? Where you're just stepping in and watching what's happening so that you can actually give real life feedback, right? So my struggle is, is so, okay, so let's say I hire a doc and they're going to be a doctor in our clinic, but they're young, you know, like people, you can spot a 25 year old and they're like, yeah, you're a baby. Right. Um, so I'm always trying to, I'm always worried that they, the patient's perspective is going to be like, Oh, they are inadequate. So then my concern is like, Hey, this is Dr. Smith. She's going to be a doctor here at the clinic. Um, and we'll be adjusting you someday. She is shadowing me. Like I worry that the patient's perspective is Oh, so she wasn't quite good enough when you, she graduated. So you're having to teach her like, how, what's the communication to patients, yeah. whether it's a day one, uh, ROF, whatever it is that like, no, this is a real doctor. They've graduated, but they are getting more. I actually think that that is some weird limiting belief that we have created within the chiropractic profession, because if how many times have you actually gone to a medical doctor or your gynecologist or into like a surgeon's office and mm -hmm. they, they have people following them around that are shadowing and learning like in the actual, um, world of healthcare, this is an, a very normal occurrence where there's, there's assistance. There's people that have just graduated. There's internships. There's things that happen where people are learning in real life examples. And so like, we just think they graduate, they're good to go. And in reality, I actually think that patients are like, that's crazy. Where did they come from? How long have they been doing this? Is it right. where instead they're now they know that you are training them to do things the exact way that you do. Mm -hmm. And I just tell people like, listen, so, you know, um, uh, Dr. Drew, he grad, he just graduated from chiropractic college and he's going to be a doctor here in the office. And you know how important it is for me to maintain the experience here in the office and the quality of care. So he's going to be following me around a while so that he can do things just like we do it here in the office. Well, that's Boom. perfect and easy. So then and they're, they're like, cool, right? Yeah, like that's way so better. How do you communicate when you are following them that it's not awkward? Like, oh, I'm making, he's testing out right now. 
Oh, you didn't even have to. I mean, if you really wanted to, you could just say like, we're, we're, um, we make sure that we can co-manage cases here in the office, even though Dr. Drew is going to be your like primary, um, doctor and overseeing everything. I always like to sit in to make sure that I have a keen understanding of what's going on with you in case he's never not here. So good. I love when I have people on and I'm just like, wow, you made that sound so easy. And how am I 12 years in? And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going to start doing that. Good job. You're really good at this. Mm. Um, one of the things you said a while ago, what, and I wrote it down because I loved it, is around this creating your ideal associate and what you're mm. wanting to attract in. And one of the things that I think chiropractors, like you said, we do a great job of, of I want to see kids and moms. And I'll talk to chiropractors who have an entire little room designated for breastfeeding. Right. And I don't love that idea, whatever, but like, you know, I'm like, why can't you use an exam room? Um, yeah. Just put a comfy chair in an exam room and then it's dual function. Uh, but what, I've never heard someone say when they're designing their clinic is I'm going to turn this room into a creative space and where we're going to have whiteboards. And this is where docs can go while they're not treating patients. And I'm going to have a Keurig and I'm going to keep it really nice and calm for them. So in between pay, you know, like whatever, we don't yeah. talk about like what, what kind of leader because we were like, okay, this is what the doctor, you know, like we have people who are like, oh, I want to see kids, but I don't have kids. So what kind of a doctor do I need to be for the patient for them to trust me? Okay. But what kind of a boss, what kind of a leader do you need to be for that person you wrote down? So you write down this ideal associate, right? And you're like, they're going to be driven. They're going to be this. Okay, great. Next step. What kind of a leader, boss, mentor does that person want? Right. Who do and I have to show up as? Yeah. Because I could easily sit down and be like, okay, I want someone married with kids, but they want to work full time. They're not, you know, like, and right. like, mm -hmm, and they love going to continuing education and they're reading self-help books and like, they're leading my team. Okay, great. So that person wants to work for you, not on their own. And I'm like, yes, that's a key aspect of their personality. Right. Great. What are they looking for? And I'm like, oh, shoot. Mm -hmm. You're probably, okay, probably a level up then. Uh -huh. Shit. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And they, you know, I think um, skill results speak very loudly, right? I always say results speak louder than any explanation you can give to a prospective patient. Um, but also what, what people love um, is experience. And I don't think like I'm obsessed with experience in the office for not just your patients, people that you are seeing, but also for your team. And I don't think we spend enough time on truly like identifying like the culture. Like that's what you're talking about. Like, what is the culture of my office supposed to be like? What are our core values? What are the things that we as a, a as a team need to be like living out to create the best experience for the people that we serve, but also the best experience for us. And if you can begin to define what the true culture of your office is and the core values, your unique selling proposition, all of those components of business, then you can lead from that position to show up as the person that would be attracted 
to that, the associate that would be attracted into that culture, the associate that would be attracted to those core values. And if you can lead from that place, you're already showing up as what they need, right? Yeah. So that's what ha- that's the bridge is who do I need to show up as? What are my core values and my culture? And then that's going to attract the associate I truly and employees I truly desire. Right. Okay. So I have a question for you about me that I want you to psychoanalyze me for a second. Um, So I don't have an issue. You know how like Beyonce has her like alter ego or whatever, Sasha Fierce. And so like I have a stage and podcast, like I can be in front of a bunch of people and I can step into a, I mean, I'm still hilarious and vulnerable and raw, but I can step into the cheesiness air quotes here. I can step into inspiring and it's not like I'm fake or anything like that. I can tap into this part. My husband will go like, I love listening when you give advice to people Mm -hmm. who write in on the podcast, because it is this stable inner true you, Mm -hmm. but I'm really so weirded out about showing up like that person in front of us, like a one or two people or my team. So like listening to you, I can go like, okay, you know what? If I had multiple clinics across the country and I had like eight, at least eight doctors. And if for some reason it would need to be at least eight. Yeah. Um, I could in my head, theoretically, although I don't know if I could right now, the person that I am lead a call and be that non cheesy, but cheesy leader. And here are our training points. And I could like tap into that person. Right. But up until then, Oh no, 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 no. Now I just feel uncomfortable. So I have these three doctors And we do our doctor meeting in person because our clinics are very close. And I am just so, and I do this for my staff too, so weirded out about showing up like Mm. that. That's really interesting. And I wonder if it's for you, if it's some component of the energetic exchange that happens when you're in person. Um, Because what I'm hearing you say is that if I had eight people, that means that you'd probably actually be doing those meetings behind the camera. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then there's not that same energetic exchange. Um, It's different, right? When you're behind the camera, it's a little bit different. So if you really want to do that with the three doctors, you would just say, we're doing meetings when I'm working from my house, Mm -hmm. be able to have that more like where you're like, okay, like this is Sasha fierce. Like I'm coming in and we're, this is how we're going to do things that we're training on. These are the pieces, right? You know what? So I think you helped uncover the next layer of it is that they all know me really well. Yeah. None uh, of these yeah. other people. And so there's this fear in me that I will Ooh. be de- like discovered as a fraud. Like, so if I show up of like, Hey, like this calm, fierce, leader that commute, you know, and like leading this meeting and it's wonderful. And it's like, yes, people would be impressed if they watched our meeting and how I'm leading you. My associates and my staff are going to be like, is this the same girl who showed up with fun squealing into the office yesterday, like three minutes late and like was having a hot mess of a day. And I'm, I think I'm worried that the people who deeply work with me on a day-to-day basis will call me and think I'm a fraud. Like, yeah, okay, great speech. That's not who you are. 
Oh gosh, I have so many things around. Yeah, this. thank you. So number one, that's not true that they truly know you because they don't know that part of you. And so that part of you does exist because you mm-hmm. share it with others. Yeah. Um, and so they don't, they only know the you that shows up in the office. Right. And so um, number, number two, um, you're using the word fraud. And I often use the word hypocrite. Um, people say like, that's so hypocritical. You used to be this way. You used to say this thing. And now you say X, Y, and Z. Um, I don't believe that there should be a negative connotation to that. If I, if you believe that I am a, a hypocrite because I used to say one thing and now I say something new, or I used to act one way and now I act, act a different way, shame on you. Because all that actually really means is that I am open-minded enough to change my mind and grow and learn from it. And so sometimes it's like, hey, listen, here's what I have noticed, team. I've noticed that sometimes I come in here, my, they used to call me the Lacey NATO, like I would come in like a tornado and I'd be like, oh my God, and like my team would be like, you're crazy. I'm like, we have 80 million things to do, you know? <laughs> and then and then I would get on with a coaching client and like, right. it's totally different. <laughs> and so, I, and I would, I finally just went to my team and I said like, so here's what I've learned that I need to apply the same things in this office that I do outside of here yes. to get us to the vision that we've been talking about forever, to get us to the eight doctors, to get us to the to the five clinics, to get us to the 10 clinics. And so here's how things are going to look a little bit different. And I need your guys' support. Yeah. So I really resonate like, yes, that nailed. So like, what are, what are some examples of like literal specifics that you told them that you were going to change? Um, just the way that I essentially the way that I led. And I think it was more of like, really, um, because I was like living two lives, like I had my in-person like brick and mortar Mm -hmm. office. Then I was traveling all around the world, like speaking at chiropractic events and building this coaching consulting business. Um, I, I literally, I just told them like, I have to bridge the gap. Right. And so Um, what I recognize is that I've been doing you guys a disservice. I've been doing you a disservice because I have so much more to give to allow us to serve more people. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to give all those pieces of you, especially the people that have supported me for so long. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get a little bit more organized with the way that we train, the way that we meet. We're going to get more obsessed about our experience because we have something so much bigger to give. and And it requires me showing up a little bit different. And that's what I told them. And then we started to get more, even more systematized. This is what the Monday meetings look like. This is how we review our calendar. This is actually how we motivate and incentivize. We're getting a little bit more clear on that. Um, I started really working on the culture, like I was talking about the core values. I was teaching that stuff over here, but Mm -hmm. I needed to really bring it into here. And I said, so like, let's do this. And it was just a matter of getting them on board I think the biggest thing with people that are close to you too is explaining the why behind it. Yeah. Not just like, here's what we're doing. It's right. let me tell you why. And then people that love you, they're like, yes, got it. Let's go. Yeah. Because they do deserve that version of yes. you. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's great. I love it. You solved my life. Thank you for the therapy session. You're welcome. Fun. <laughs> that's what a lot of episodes end up turning into. Where I'm just like, so hypothetically, um, <laughs> I know this girl. <laughs> this girl, it's kind of a hot mess. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. So, final question: Where can people like just download more of you? One of the um, let me see if I can. 
one of probably the best places to go is www.gethopetoday.com. That is literally like Sean and I, um, we put together a bunch of our best podcasts, um, some programs like on time management, relationships, a bunch of programs that people in the past have paid us good money for. We just put it all there and all you have to do is sign up, first name, email, and you get it all for free. It's like best of Sean and Lacey and it's all for free. We just wanted to give it away. So that would be a great place to get started. And then I love Instagram. I'm I'm on Instagram all the time. Dr. Lacey book, D-R-L-A-C-E-Y book. And then find me there. And literally, I, I like love when people ask me questions. Please DM me, ask me anything, anything under my umbrella, like, just don't send me photos of people to read. I, okay. I have to be in the right space to do that. So right. what about this? <laughs> tell me all about my, my, my boyfriend. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't do that for you. I shouldn't have said that out loud. Uh, no, but seriously, ask me anything. I would love to help in any way I can. Like my, my heart and soul, even though I, I consult, not just chiropractors, all sorts of businesses, my heart and soul belongs to chiropractic and I will not stop. I will not sleep until chiropractic takes its rightful place on this planet. And every man, woman, and child has the opportunity to get checked for vertebral subluxation. I will not sleep until that's done. And so if you need help, if you have a question like, and I can help in even the most granular way, I would love to do that. Oh, you are an incredible human. Okay. Um, we will have that link below and I'm going to go sign up because yeah, I want to like binge you now. It's like, how did we not meet before this? this I know fun. it's so crazy. We haven't done that. <laughs> All right. She's Slayers. Check out that link below. Uh, we didn't even get to talking about Sean. I had so many questions. You know what? Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we have a date night series. So like Every once in a while, my husband and I will have on another, I need to think of a different word besides powerful, impactful. That's the word I'm going to use. Oh yeah, I like that. Um, Either within chiropractic or not. And yes, so we will hook that up because I want to have you and Sean on. That will help me diagnose. Currently, Lacey, go read five wing six. So five W six versus six W five. Read those differences or just read like what is a characteristic five which what is a characteristic six i think you're right in that alley of either interesting uh, it's just my guess but we'll continue um with like number one rule we both have superpowers i love it (laughs) you know but it's like the number one rule of don't tell people what their enneagram is and i'm like ah fuck that rule Um, yeah i already know yeah (laughs) awesome Okay, she's players. Oh, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I love collecting new best friends and therapists. So until next (laughs) week, bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, 
so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCAD because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Thank you.